Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Happy 2020. It's a, we're, we're like, what is it, three weeks in? Is it three weeks yet or just two weeks in? I can't keep track of time anyway. Like, time is like that. Like, at the moment, a year to me is like a week. So a week is like, I don't know, a few hours. So in the last few hours, uh, this week, Kylie and I, we had to head over to Adelaide, um, Princess Collect-A-Lot. We're shifting home for the third time in two years while she's at uni. She's not Princess of Camelot. She's Princess Collect-A-Lot. And she even says, where does all this stuff come from? But (laughs) Who would like to move house right now? I, after moving, you can do the work, boy. You can do all the works. One boy just goes, yeah, I want to move, yeah. (laughs) Mum and dad have shifted for you before. That's that's the thing, though. Um, I I said to Bridie, oh, sorry, I wasn't going to name her, just so I, you know, too late. And um, I I just, she was going, where did all this stuff come from? I go, Bridie, you think this is a lot. How would you like for us to have to move and you have to help us? She goes, oh, please don't move. Please don't move. Like, we, we keep decluttering, and then for some reason, it just keeps growing. I think this stuff actually mates and has children. It's just weird how much stuff we have. You know when you, like, you put two coat hangers, wire coat hangers, the timber ones disappear, but wire coat hangers propagate. Like you put them in your closet and then all of a sudden you open it up and you just got empty coat hangers everywhere. Hmm. For those that are new here today, welcome. I'm sorry, but that's, you might not find that funny, but to me, I'm laughing in my head. I'm having a great time up here talking about coat hangers propagating. Yeah. Oh, here we are. Uh, Vision Sunday 2020. What a great time to remember 2020 vision. Like, uh, that, that is 2020 vision. Does anyone know or not know what 2020 vision means? What it means is that you can see, and I'll do the Australian version, not the American version, but it's what you, you can see at 20 metres what the average person sees at 20 metres. Okay? So if you've got 2020 vision, you see that. It's a 2020 um, thing. So you, what... What a normal person would see, that's what you can see. Eagles have, they can see at 100 metres what, what we can see at 20 metres. They can, you know, eagles have a profound eyesight. But it's interesting that in this day and age, right at the moment, we live in a time where there's a lot of upheaval. The whole world's crying out at the moment because there's wars everywhere. There's climate change everywhere. Like climate change, there's more people that believe in climate change and, and the importance of that than believe in their eternal soul. Believe that there's a redemptive God. There's more people that are believing. You've got to believe in climate change. Why? Let me just tell you something. Last week, a few hours ago, I was listening to the news. And on the news, they were actually talking about how we've never had natural disasters like we're having right at the moment. It used to be that we'd have, the world would have a certain amount of natural disasters every year. Well, at, right at the moment, we're having more natural disasters every year than what we would normally see in a 20-year span. And they're going, see, climate change is real. 
Can I just shift your vision here this morning? Can I just shift your perspective here? Because Jesus said, this is the way that you will know that you're coming to the end of the age. This is the way that you know that you're coming to the end of the age of man and you're entering the kingdom of God. This is the way that you know that the groaning of this earth that's wishing to be released from its period of decay because the earth is decaying at the moment, it's actually, Jesus said, there'll be wars. There'll be rumours of wars. There'll be natural disasters. There'll be floods. There'll be famines. There'll be droughts. There'll be storms. There'll be all these horrific things going on the earth. And do you know what he said? When you see these things, start protesting to your government. When you see these things, sign up on the Facebook page or on the Instagram page and tell everybody, oh, this is going wrong and that's going... No, it says, when you see these things, look up and shift your vision. Look up because your redemption, a God in heaven that is buying you back, that is redeeming you, that has paid a price to actually drag you out of the mindset of worry and anxiety and concern and and put you in a place where you're secure knowing God's got this. Dad has got it. I used to love it when I'd say, my dad can beat up your dad. Dad didn't like it, but um, (laughs) I knew dad would back me up on some things and then dad would like back me up on some things. (laughs) So here we are, 2020 vision. I remember it was only like it was only a week ago that we were talking about 2019 vision a year ago. 29, the year of outpour. That's what God spoke about into our lives. That's what the word that God gave us to focus on for the year. And do you know what? When I get that word for the year, because Vision Sunday started for us back in 2005. I don't remember we ever did them in the history of our church. We were just a church doing life and, and loving God and loving life. And Kylie and I were given the leadership of the church on D-Day, June 6th. 2004. And so on, on the beginning of 2005, I thought, well, all the big churches do Vision Sundays. That's what they do. So that must work. We've got to follow their pattern of doing things because we're just a country church. We've got to get into this big mindset mentality and, and know how God really works. So we had to, had to do a Vision Sunday. So I don't even remember what I spoke on. I don't remember anything prominent about it except we laid out, this is the type of church we want to have. This is the type of atmosphere we want in the church. We want this to be a family church. Oh, actually, I do remember some of it. Wow, that's amazing. Then down the track, we were laying out what we were going to do every year, and then God shifted it to what we were going to focus on every year. I can't even remember what the first word was that God gave us for us to focus on through the year. But I can remember some specific words that God has given us through the year. Because last year was a year of outpour. Everyone thinks immediately, that this is what it means. It means God's going to pour out, oh no, peace. God's going to pour out His provision. God's going to pour out miracles. God's going to pour out, you know, all these things. And, and it never seems to be the way that we think it should be done. Just like, you know, the disciples... Even though Jesus was telling them, I'm going to die, I'm going to be in the grave three days, and then I'm going to rise again, they didn't see it. And when it happened, they all scattered. They didn't get it. But I want to tell you now, God does things differently. And if we can trust Him, trust Him, trust Him, we will see the fruit of that trust and that faith come to fruition. So um, last year, God got me 
personally, this was my journey in the last week, last year, um, was to really focus on God's blessing in my life, to be mindful of what God had done for me over and over and over again. And when I came up to things where I'm like, oh, how's God going to work this out? He would remind me that he'd done it before. He'd remind me that he'd come through on different circumstances and different situations. And he, he reminded me of that. And I'd just go, yes, you're a God of the outpour. And you're the God. And if we just come to you, if we're obedient to you, then yes, you can pour out. You can bring stuff into our lives and, and God is faithful. But there were words that we got, year of abundance. I remember because there were some people going, what, younger ones, never seen this word before. What is abundance? Is that where we dress up as bread and we... You know, like, no, abundance means, you know, the, that means lots and lots. That year, I, I remember we saw a lack in our life. We saw restrictions in our finances. We saw doors being shut. We thought, saw, you know, like debt sort of grow. And, and even though those things were happening, we were reminded that God was a God of abundance. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. See, we're not singing these songs by accident. These are all parts of God's nature, proclamations about who He is and who we are. We are safe in His hands. We are His children. He loves you so much. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Amen. That God loves you so much. You think that He's a, he's a judgmental, condemning Father? No. He is, he is weeping over you with tears of joy at the moment, waiting for you to step into the fullness of what he has for you. He is just longing that you would trust him and put your life in his hands so that he could actually outwork his good, pleasing and perfect way in your life. He's just hoping that you shift your perspective, knowing he's God and he's got this. He's my dad and he will back me up in this. And you think he's just waiting to judge you. And I'm telling you, he's just waiting for you to grab his hand and run through life with him. Somebody grab hold of that today because that's, that's pretty good. Year of expansion. I thought we were going to build the new building. This was like six years ago, I think, or seven years ago. Year of expansion. I'm going, church, you ripper, you little beauty. It's a year of expansion. Oh, come on, get excited with me. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't what God was going to do for us. It was God, what God's going to do in us. That year, oh, we saw offences, we saw rejections, we saw fights and people getting angry over the most menial, silly things and and we realized, God, you're expanding us on the inside. You're making us bigger so that we can carry more. And I remember sitting around the table in the evening and hearing the, the day as it worked out and just going, remember, we, I remember saying this, the kids were in the year, remember, this is the year of expansion. God is expanding our capacity. God is making us bigger people on the inside so that we can carry more, so that we can endure more. He's expanding our lungs so we can run faster and go further. He's expanding our muscle mass so that we can carry more and endure more. He's expanding our attitude so that we will press on. We will push through barriers. It's not easy to do that when you get through that year. God's going to bring expansion into your life. And you think, you ripper. I look back now and I go, you rip off. No, it was a great year. It was a great year. I don't want to go through it again. I want to learn everything I learned in that year. I don't want to go through that year of expansion again. 
Unless God wants it, then it's okay. <laughs> Kylie spoke on um, Vision 2020 two weeks ago, and, and this is a scripture she used. Proverbs 29, and in the Amplified it says this, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, she used there is no prophetic vision, no, no divinely inspired words of vision, of direction, of outcome. It says that the people will perish. In other versions, it says the people will cast off restraint, the people will live loose and frivolous lives. It actually means to you will make yourself naked. You'll actually disrobe yourself. You, you, you don't have any covering. You, you don't have any weaponry. You, you're just vulnerable to everything that comes at you from the elements, from somebody else, from, from whatever. But it says here, but he who or she, they were very gender specific back in, but it means anyone. But they who keep the law of God, which includes that of man, they are blessed. They are happy, fortunate and enviable. Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable. We all need a vision in life. Vision is really important. That's one of our basic elements of our soul. I talked about this last week when we talked about soul health and mental health and, and how God actually wants us and he has ways of us to, to cast off anxiety and cast off depression and, and there's tools that he's given us in community and not just community but community that directs us to God. Community that, that values the principles of God and keeps turning us back. Because there's sometimes when community can't meet your needs. When your house burns down and you've got nothing left, because we're seeing that in Australia at the moment, and people are supplying needs, are supplying household things and some finances and things like that. But you know what? It, there's, some, there's a void left in your life. There's, there's something that's, that's ripped out of your heart when you lose everything, your photos, your memories, and, and the physical things. And there's nothing that community can do for that. But when you're in community that points you to God and say, no, no, God's got this. Remember, he, he can turn things around. He can make things work out for good. He can, he can even destroy the years that stuff gets de destroyed in. He can replace those years. Laws of man and of God. When we were coming, we were coming back from Adelaide because we had to move over, go over there and help Bridie move her house. And um, as we're coming into Mildura, into the south of Merbein, um, there were all these police lights up on the road. And I just thought, yeah, it's, it was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Friday afternoon. And I said, oh, the, the boys are out doing breathalysers. But as we got closer, I realised, oh, there were a lot of police out there on the road. And as we drove up, I, they, there was one guy with, a, with the light, and we're driving past three, four, five pursuit vehicles. Police officers all wearing Kevlar vests and all got big weaponry. They've got assault rifles, they've got pistols out, and we're driving into this, and I'm going, uh, this isn't normal for south of Merbein. I know some of you think it's a rough place, but we live there. Well, the Paris end of Merbein. So somebody told me, one of my neighbours said, we live in the Paris end, and I'm like, what does that mean? Paris is a smelly place. Oh, that's right, we live there. And um, as we're driving up, I just said to the guy, so, you guys are out in force, the police officer, and he goes, oh, 
you know, blowing the, the breathalyzer. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, yeah, just doing some breathalyzers and checking a few trucks. And I'm looking around. There's, there's like probably 40 police officers here. And I'm like, that's not normal. So evidently, they had some information that somebody was bringing something or someone into Mildura and they were geared up, ready for that. And then I found out later that Ashley and Janine were travelling on exactly the same day. So now we know they have a police escort with them everywhere they go. <laughs> they thought it was for us. <laughs> Who likes it when you're driving along and you see red and blue lights come on in your rear vision mirror? Who loves that feeling? Or when you're driving along and you see a cop car coming the other way? Who loves What's the first thing you do when you're driving and you see a police officer coming at you? What do you do? You immediately take your foot off the accelerator. You don't even look. You just take your foot off the accelerator and put it on the brake. And, you, and then you like look down and you go, oh, I wasn't speeding. Oh. And there's waves of joy and relief and oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin just flood through your body. The adrenaline gets filtered out because for that one split second, the adrenaline goes... And you're like, ah! And then the dopamine, serotonin, and you just want to hug your wife and everything's good with the world. It's good to know that you're operating within the laws of man. Because when you do that, there's protection, there's boundaries, there's backup for you if you are actually living your life in accordance with the, the rules of man. But so much more when you live your life in accordance with the rules of God and the laws of God. Now, people get the wrong idea about laws. They think laws are there just for, to don't, 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 no, no, no. But you've you got to look at the laws of God. The laws of God are there because they are like the laws of the universe. They tell us how things operate. They tell us how, like if you didn't know um, some of the principles of that, that heat flows from a hot object to a cold object, that's a law of thermodynamics. Cold doesn't do squat. There is no cold. There's only heat or lack of heat. Cold does not flow from a cold object into a warm object. Heat flows from a hot object to a cold object. Does that make sense? So you know if you put your hand into a flame, that's going to cause a transfer of energy, heat, into your hand. That's a law of the natural universe. An object in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. And, uh, you know, equal and opposite reactions in that. We know that if you are in a car and you jump out, I learned this when I was a little kid. Dad used to, we'd take the hay out to the, the, the cows on the dairy farm, and Dad would jump off the back of the trailer while it was still moving and grab the bale, throw it out, jump back onto the trailer. And I'm this little three-year-old, four-year-old, and I'm like, I'm going to give that a shot. I remember I jumped off the back of the, the trailer one day while it was still moving, and I just went, endo. It was like sky, dirt, sky, dirt, sky, dirt, going backwards, object in motion. Same thing when you look at the laws of God, how to live a good life, how to live a protected life, how to live a fruitful life, God has got it all there for us. Oh, The thing is that laws are a foundation. Laws aren't there just as a, um, something to, 
to control us. Laws are a foundation of our society, are a foundation of the kingdom of God. He shared the foundational principles of his kingdom, his nature, his world with us so that we can live by it. Who thinks that's a good thing? I think that's an awesome thing. Jesus said this, Matthew 7. Now in Matthew 5, Jesus goes up onto the mountain and he starts talking about the laws of God, but how to put them into a practical way and how to live well with God and how to live well with one another. Then he finishes off chapter 7. So 5, 6, 7. We've been talking about these for a while now. Who's read them? Who's gone over them and really digested them into your life? Because I'm telling you now, if you don't get these things, you'll, you'll struggle with how you do life and how you be in life. Because Jesus finishes up with this, and this is from the Message Bible. It says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're not just like a renovation of your home to make it look good on the outside. No, they are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these, work. If you work these words into your life, not just into your ears, because we know there's a lot of empty space between the ears, but if we work them into our life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. They are foundational words to build on a strong foundation in life. And the thing is that the, when you've got foundation in your life and you know the laws of, of man, who likes driving in, the city that you, in a city you don't know? Nobody. Nobody likes going into a new city and you've got to try and work out. You don't know where the roads are. You don't know where the exits are. You don't know how to do Who likes doing hook turns in the middle of Melbourne? Who, yeah, you love them, don't you? Yeah. They are the most stupid thing in the world. But the, what gets me is that when you know how to do a hook turn in Melbourne, you, you've got it. You know, okay, I've got to pull up. But if you don't know how to do it, you'd like, some of you are going, what? is a hook turn. Yeah, you'll find out one day if you drive through the middle of Melbourne. But the thing is, if you know how to do it, it's a foundation. It's, you can just, you know, it's solid. Ah, this is how it's done. And if you've got someone to show you or tell you how to do it, it's okay what we're going to do up here. You're going to not go on the inside. You're going, going to go on the left side. You put your blinker on right, even though when you're on the left side of the road, drive up to this point, stop here. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. You're doing it gravy from here. As soon as the light goes red, you just fang it off down that way. And I'm telling you, book it. Don't, don't slow. Go fast. If you've got someone describing life and, and is there showing you through life, it makes things so much easier. I know when I've had some tough times in my life, when we started raising children and we had someone to say, no, 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 that's normal. That, this is normal behavior for a child. This is how you, you do this. This is how you teach them. This is how you instruct them. This is what you do in these situations. Like what Carol said earlier, I, I, I don't know how, I've lost count of the times when we prayed over our children while they were asleep. And when they went to school, we'd go in and lay hands on their bed and lay hands on their pillows. And I've lost track of the nights where I've walked around the house and proclaimed a change in the atmosphere and peace over the home. And, and I'm not just speaking to the like to the air, I'm actually speaking to principalities and powers, but I'm also proclaiming the authority of the laws of God over my home. So I'm being so grateful when people have told me, no, no, you don't have to put up with this in your home. You can speak the promises of God into your home. 
So men, I want to encourage you, you bring the atmosphere. You are engineers of atmosphere in your home. You are the man, you have the authority to speak atmosphere changes into your home. If you're a single mum here today, I want to just awaken you to this. You can do it as well. You don't have to live at the, on the tail end of all the atmospheres and all the anxiety and all the, all the buffeting of the world coming into your home. You can say, no, kids, come together. We're going to pray about this. Oh, no, no. This, I know that you're being rejected. I know your friend doesn't like you anymore. I know that you were treated bad by your teacher or whatever it was, or you're going through this situation in life. Let's focus on God. Let's bring God into the situation. Because when you do that, there's a foundation there. That when the times come, and they're going to come, that you know you're not too far from the foundation. Oh, I don't like, you know, if you go swimming in the ocean... You get too far from the ground. People die within a few meters of where they can just touch the, the bottom because they panic. They lose the foundation. People even in our river, those of us that have lived here for years go, how do people drown in the river? Like, there's nothing that can really take you. But people, other people come here and say, the river sucks you down. And I'm like, where? The only place I know of is the weir. I've swum there, yeah, it'll suck you down and over the edge and spit you out the other side. Oh, it's frightening. We got in trouble. You're not meant to swim there. It's actually illegal. I haven't done it. Yes, I have. Yes. So who thinks that being instructed and having somebody beside you telling you how to do things is a good thing? Who thinks Jesus is a good model? Like a good role model, a good teacher. He came to show us and fulfill the law of God with love. Showed us how to do it well. I want to give you the word. It's not a word for this year. It's actually a statement for this year. It's on foundations. It's foundations of rest. Foundations of rest. This world is so anxious. This world is so uptight. This world is so constipated with with just fear at the moment. I want to tell you that you can move in the foundations of rest. God, when he created the universe, the earth, and everything else in between, that we still don't know anything about it. You know that at the moment that, that knowledge is doubling every um, 13 days, I think it is. Well, that just shows me that we didn't know a lot of stuff 13 days ago because we've doubled it since then. And science isn't making this stuff up. We're just starting to understand God's universe and God's creation. Jesus said this during a time of real um, hardship in his life. John, his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been murdered by Herod. There were all these people following him, and it was, at the time they said 5,000, but it was potentially up to about 12,000 people, including women and children, were following him and the disciples. And Jesus was going away on a regular event during the day and, and resting and praying and going to a lonely place and being alone, not just so that he could spend time on social media, not so that he could just like watch a movie or something like that, but to connect with his father, to connect with the source of life. And I can't, I cannot expand on that enough. We need time alone with God. I want to tell you that if you, you think that you can't do this, then this year the Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom and how you can do this. 
You're going to get tested. You're going to get buffeted. You're going to get all the pressures of life coming in, demanding you not rest. But God's giving you a word at the start of this year. Get this foundation in your life now. It's not too late and it's never too early. Get this foundation in your life now of entering rest. And that's not just, ah, finally I can take a load off. No, that's actually being at rest, even when stuff's going on. So Jesus, he's in mourning, he's in grief. His cousin who preceded him, the one in the wilderness crying out, make straight ways for the Lord. He has now been beheaded, murdered by a pathetic leader. He just finds out about it from, from John's disciples. And he's got all these people. So Jesus actually goes away and spends time away from the crowd. But the, he goes into a boat, but then the crowd chase after him. And he takes his disciples. He says to them this um, in Mark 6, 31. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but you're keeping track. And he said to them, as for you, to his disciples, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And then he explains, for many were continually coming and going in their life and they had not even enough leisure to eat. They didn't have time to even eat. They were so busy. They had demands from all these people. Those 12,000 people, you might think you've got a lot of people in your world, in your business, in your home, in your life, but they had 12,000 people that were only focused on two things, Jesus and his disciples. They were just focused on it. So they were just demanding stuff of them all the time. And Jesus said, come away. Come on, I'll teach you some principles. And he took them away. And then he, they came back and said, oh, they've got to eat. And Jesus said, well, you feed them. And they're like, how are we going to do this? See, even in this time of mourning, in this time of, of intense um, requirement on his life, Jesus was showing them something powerful that we can even see today. A lot of us will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a miracle though, so I can have some rest. No, 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 no. You rest and you'll see the miraculous come out of this. Because right after this, Jesus performed two of the most profound miracles, feeding of the 5,000 and then walking on water out of a time of intense conflict, intense grief, intense mourning and demand on his life. He walked on the water, which everyone remembers. He's the only one that's recorded in history of actually doing that apart from me. I've barefooted behind a boat. That's walking on water. Oh, no one's smiling. Okay. <laughs> Again, to me, that was funny. Rest a while. Rest a while. Some of us are looking for a miracle just so that we can rest. And I'm telling you, if you get the foundation of rest in your life, then there's going to be the miraculous move out of that. Because unless you've got faith, unless you've got rest, unless you've got peace in your life, you've got anxiety and fear in your life, and you'll be worried about everything that you don't have instead of seeing what you do have and saying, thank you, God, for that. You've come through with it. That's where we are now. Because Jesus asked them, what do we have? Not what don't we have? We haven't got enough bread to feed them and we don't have, there's no bakeries around, there's no stores and there's no even towns around. How are we going to feed them? And Jesus says, what do we have? They've got a few loaves and a few fish. Jesus said, okay, bring it here. You organise them into a crowd. Now, what gets me is he organises them into groups. So in the, the message or Amplified, it says they look like a well-manicured garden. They were all broken up into little lots. Jesus gave thanks for the bread and the fish, only a few of them. Then he broke it and said, 
feed them. And a miracle took place. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but a miracle took place. He had only three fish and five loaves and he broke it up and fed 12,000 people. We just go, oh yeah, that's a miracle. No, no, no. When did it take place? This wasn't just recorded by one. This was recorded by Matthew in Matthew um, 15. This is recorded by John in, in John 9. This is recorded by Mark in Mark 6. This is recorded by Luke after he'd gone around everybody because he was a record keeper. Luke wasn't even there on the day, but he wanted to find out what the truth was. He went around everyone and found out what the story was and he included it. I've got so many witnesses, witnesses to this miracle that this is what happened. God can come through for you, but He can't do it when you're not resting. He can't do it when you're anxious. He can't do it when we're uptight. He wants us to come away from the pattern of this world because He's made available the kingdom of heaven to us. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Ambassadors. We have diplomatic immunity of the peace and the atmosphere, the healing and the provision of the kingdom of heaven. But if we're worrying about what we don't have on this planet instead of seeing what we do have and using that in accordance with the power and the authority and the provision and the healing of the kingdom of heaven. I want to tell you, this year, things are going to change in your life. You're going to be challenged on not resting, but I'm going to challenge you before the challenges come that you must get a foundation of rest in your life. Jesus spoke about it so many times, but God said it in the Ten Commandments, the Ten Laws of how you live a good life. He said, I rested, so you rest. And not only rest, but honour me with your resting. Now, I, I see that we've got some businessmen here and, and you know you've talked to me of how busy you are in your life. I want to tell you, if you get this principle in your life, managers of businesses, people that are, that, are, that are, yeah, so busy here. If you get this principle in your life, the miraculous will come out of this. Do you see it? I hope that I've actually related this well enough this morning that Jesus said, no, 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 let's rest and then let's see God move. Because if we're going, no, 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 I need to see God move so that I can have some moment to rest. No, no, no. Be obedient in this. I don't know what it looks like for you, but start praying about it. Start seeing how God can outwork in your life the wisdom and the guidance to be able to take some time off. Not just take some time off. Give some time to God. Give some time to God. So many times, I don't even have time to, to let myself think. No, no, no. How can you actually meditate on God? How can you give some time to God? Because that word rest means to take and to give. Rest, to do it um, decisively, to do it intense, intensely. It's something you've got to practice and do. This isn't an easy word, guys, because I see the outworking of it. But I see the promises of it as well. Because I want to see the miraculous. I want to see the kingdom of heaven come in your families. I want to see the kingdom of heaven and its authority come in your marriages, over your children, in your workplaces. And it is available to us. God has not limited us in any capacity to us. Rest. Can you stand with me? Thank you, Father, for your promises. They are strong and powerful. None of your promises are lies. They are all trustworthy and true. 
None of your promises have if, buts, or maybe attached to them. They are all yes and amen. Can anyone agree with me this morning? Like, I know it's warm and, you know, we're thinking about lunch. Uh, we've got stuff to go to. No, let's, let's just rest for a moment. Church isn't about something that you tick off. It's about coming to encounter God. And it starts from the moment you wake up. Setting your faith ready. God, what are you going to do today? And do you know what? That's not just on a Sunday. That's every day. God, what are you going to do today? God, how are you going to move? What are you going to shift in my life? What are you going to transform in my life? Because He's in the business of doing that. Of bringing miracles, of bringing provision, of bringing healing, bringing wholeness, of bringing peace, of providing joy. He's in that business. If you are tired, and actually, I forgot to put this in my notes. Did you look it up for me? The Matthew 11 and chapter 28 in the, it's in the message, isn't it? Yeah. This is what Jesus said. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Now, the word religion there doesn't mean are you burned out on church, and Religion, that word means the standard by which you live morally and communally. So some people have a religion of sport is their religion. And they live their life surrounded by sport. Some people it's entertainment. And some people it's work. And some people it's family. Are you burnt out by that standard of morality and community? Then Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Oh, does this sound good? A real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, oh, get this into your spirit. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That word grace has two parts to it. Grace, the unmerited favour of God. And grace, the empowerment of God. Learn the unforced rhythms of the unmerited favour of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of the empowerment of God in your life. Jesus said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Freely and lightly. Are you tired? Are you a bit worn out at the moment? Are you burned out on living life the way that you've been doing it for such a long time and you're thinking, at some point, it's got to change? Well, let this be the day. Let this be the day that you change and grab the foundation of rest in your life. Let this be the, the day that you say, God, I've done it so busy and so fearfully and so anxious up until this point, but I want to enter your rest. I want to know what it is to rest. I want to know what it is to really know peace in my life and enjoy life. Because Jesus says, come to me. I'll show you how to do it. I've got my Holy Spirit ready for you to just embrace you and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If you're tired, if you're worn out, just raise your hands right now. I want to pray for you. God's here for an encounter moment right now. He's here to move on your life. Father God, I thank you that you hear us and you respond when you do. Thank you for your anointing, the Holy Spirit anointing right now. 
because it's your anointing that breaks bondages. It's your anointing that breaks um, baggage in our life, the baggage that we pick up, the yokes that we put ourselves under. It's your anointing that breaks it, Lord. I thank you for your spiritual anointing right now. Holy Spirit, we cry out for wisdom for individuals in how they can run their businesses, how they can run their homes, how they can run their families. Father, I thank you for wisdom in how to endure life, how to to change their thinking. I thank you for wisdom in changing words, in changing behaviour, in changing mindsets. Father, I thank you for your grace, your empowerment, your grace, your favour for those unforced rhythms that you just want to show us how to live freely, and lightly. Jesus, thank you that you care for us. Thank you that your heart is for us. And you just didn't do a small work when you died on the cross. You did a full, complete, it is finished work. Thank you for your rest that we may enter into it. Thank you for this year that you will make alive the foundation of rest in each one of our lives because you're a good God, you're a generous God. And you're a loving God. Thank you for your love, Father. Your promises never fail us. They never let us down. You are so good. And we all agree, yes and amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.